Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of my podcast Explore and Engage with Anam. I would like to start today's episode by saying that I have an e-newsletter. I have an e-newsletter that I send out to many friends and followers and you can sign up for my e-newsletter by going to my website tossifanam.net and scrolling down towards the bottom and you will see there is a place where you can enter your email address and you can sign up for my e-newsletter. Um, that location on my website actually says join my email list and there's a box where you can enter your email. So if you would like to receive updates from me, um, I try to send it out weekly. So if you'd like to receive those updates from me, please sign up for my e-newsletter. I thank you all for staying connected with me, for listening to my podcast, and for sharing with me your thoughts and comments and views and opinions. So um, once again, please join my e-newsletter list and you will receive weekly updates from me. I try to send it out weekly. Sometimes I may get a little delayed, but I I do send out my e-newsletter with lots of content that includes links to my podcast episode, to my blog posts, and other updates from me. So having said that, I would like to now move forward with this episode, and I would like to start by talking about traveling. Traveling has always been a part of our lives. I think human beings going back ages and ages have always traveled. And that's how people from one part of the world came in contact with people from a different part of the world. And through travel and exploration, cultural exchanges have happened. Of course, there have also been wars and conflicts among people from different geographic regions, various territories, etc. But people have always traveled. You know, people have traveled on horses, people have traveled by ship, um, people have traveled long distances by foot, and many, many other modes of transportation. Obviously, the modes of transportation uh, have also evolved. Now we have advanced uh, ships and planes, we have trains, we have um, automobiles, and... Uh, so many different ways of traveling and people continue to travel. Travel always included risks. Risks of bad weather, risk of trouble during journey, risk of running out of supplies, risk of getting lost, and so on and so forth. When people traveled by sea, they could, um, they could um, be attacked by pirates. When people traveled uh, over land, then they could encounter wild animals, they could encounter, um, you know, robbers, they could encounter uh, bad weather, stormy weather, and floods and cyclones. Um, so, so many different things, um, so many different kinds of risks have always been associated with travel and continue to be associated with travel. But now we live in a modern world, we have advanced maps, there are excellent modes of transportation. There are lots of security measures, but still there are many risks associated with travel. But that doesn't stop people from traveling. Obviously, people travel for business, for education, and also for fun and pleasure. Travel to a foreign country, in particular, 
can be both fun and in many ways it can be challenging. People travel all the time and visit foreign countries. International travel is taking place every moment of every day. But then accidents and tragedies can also happen. Most recently, we got the heartbreaking news that four American tourists were kidnapped in Mexico. Four American tourists, they were visiting Mexico and they were kidnapped. And that was in the news. And the tragedy is that two of the four Americans are dead. They are, according to news reports, victims of violent crime. Two Americans are dead in Mexico. And two of them made it back to the United States alive. But two lives have been lost. Two of them are surviving, but obviously they have been through lots of trauma. And recovering from that trauma might take a while. The news of this kidnapping received lots of attention in the media. And I believe it highlights the fact that when Americans travel overseas, they must be very cautious. And one thing I want to highlight is that the State Department publishes travel advisories pertaining to different countries around the world. So if somebody wishes to travel to a foreign country, that individual can check out the State Department's travel advisory for that specific country. And there are four, four levels. When you look at the travel advisory, you will notice there are four levels from level one all the way to level four. And level four is basically, it's labeled as do not travel. So if a particular country is labeled as level four, do not travel, then travel is not advised to that country. So traveling to that country is not advised. I think it is extremely important for people to check out these travel advisories before traveling um, outside the United States. People should not stop traveling. There, there will always be a need to travel for business. There will always be a desire to travel for tourism, for fun and pleasure, and People also travel for cultural exchange and for education and, and for many other reasons. But travelers must exercise caution. They must pay attention to these travel advisories and travelers must also be aware of their surroundings at all times. I am praying for the victims of this horrific crime. Two American lives lost and two have survived, but obviously... They have been through the traumatic experience of kidnapping. And I'm really praying for them and I'm praying for their families and loved ones. And once again, there are lots of challenges and risks associated with travel. So anytime we're traveling, we must exercise lots of caution. The world is facing many challenges right now, crimes and conflicts, social and political unrest, economic problems, and much more. It's not just in foreign countries that we see these problems. So let me tell you about something shocking that happened right here in the United States of America. Right here in America, in the state of Georgia, 
something really shocking happened, and it happened in the city of Atlanta. Okay, over here, um, now I need to... I need to stop for a second and uh, just as a side note, I wish to say something. So I was born and raised um, in Asia. And as a result, some of my pronunciations are going to be a little different, which I'm sure you've already noticed is going to be a little different from somebody who was born and raised in the United States. For example, I say... Atlanta. And I was just talking with someone a few months ago, and we were talking about Atlanta, Georgia, and I said Atlanta. And the, and the other individual I was talking to, he pronounced it as Atlanta. And uh, so, you know, we, we, we laughed about it, we talked about it, and uh, we conversed about how people from different parts of the world pronounce words differently. For example, uh, Toronto. I, I think there are folks who say Toronto, but I say Toronto. So I, I, I highlight, I put emphasis on the T. And similarly, I don't say Atlanta. I say Atlanta. Atlanta. And anyway, I, I think it's just fun. And I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this previously in any of my podcast episode. I may have that. Uh, because I grew up in Bangladesh, which a um, long time ago uh, was a British colony. And so uh, a lot of the words that I grew up uh, using uh, in the English language are, are terms that um, come from the British. For example, in the United States, it's called an elevator, uh, but I grew up calling it a lift, not an elevator. So that's just one example out of many. I have a long list, but I'm not going to go into that discussion now. I think I may have mentioned that in a previous podcast episode. If I have not, maybe I'll talk about it some other day. So let me go back to what I was talking about. Uh, something really shocking happened here in the United States, in the state of Georgia, in the city of Atlanta. And what uh, actually happened was that uh, and I saw this in the news, dozens of demonstrators allegedly set fire to the construction site of an Atlanta public safety training facility. Allegedly, dozens of demonstrators set fire to the construction site of an Atlanta public safety training facility. And so there was violence in Atlanta and allegedly, the demonstrators threw fireworks, large rocks, bricks, etc. And it resulted in significant unrest and conflict. In a country of law and order, this is a recent example of chaos. In recent years, we have seen that numerous anti-police demonstrations took place across the country. There have also been, and there continues to be, defund the police efforts. And I believe I have talked about this previously in my podcast. I, I definitely have. And I have written about it because I am a strong supporter of the men and women in uniform. I am a strong supporter of the men and women in blue. That is the law enforcement officers. I'm a strong supporter of law enforcement. And I completely oppose the defund the police movement. 
that um, you know appears to be ongoing. There continues to be defund the police efforts, or you know, uh, push by activists to defund the police. And once again, I wish to highlight that I am a strong supporter of law enforcement, and I've talked about these issues before. We need law and order because we need stability in society. When the construction site of a public safety training facility is attacked, that is an attack on law and order. That is an attack on law and order. When police facilities are attacked, it's also an attack on taxpayer money. Whenever any taxpayer-funded facility or equipment or taxpayer-funded police vehicle uh, is damaged or destroyed, that is a loss for hardworking Americans who pay taxes. What happened in Atlanta should not have happened. It is completely unacceptable and violence must not be tolerated. Public safety is a top priority, and I believe I have talked about it um, in previous episodes also. And sadly, we continue to see incidents after incidents of violence targeting the men and women of law enforcement. I strongly support law enforcement officers. They are individuals who live in our communities. They are our neighbors and friends, and they put their own lives on the line to protect and serve and we must support them. I hope that the law enforcement agencies and the judicial system will take proper steps to address um, the violence that took place in Atlanta. I would like to at this time move on to a different topic. Um, not, not really uh, an entirely different topic, actually. We have been talking about public safety and how that is a top priority, but uh, we will now be moving from Atlanta to the city of New York to talk about public safety. New York is a place where crimes are widespread and innocent law-abiding Americans are sick and tired of the various forms of crimes taking place in their communities. Let us start by talking about... Um, some recent updates from New York. I believe everyone knows Mayor Eric Adams. Uh, mayor Eric Adams is the mayor of New York City, and New York City is in New York State, and I would like to talk about New York City, and before that I would like to talk about Mayor Eric Adams, Mayor Eric Adams of New York City. Mayor Adams is known for his support for COVID mandates. I have opposed COVID mandates. I opposed mask mandates and vaccine mandates, and also I have opposed COVID-related business shutdowns and lockdowns. I have also opposed um, local government uh, entities imposing capacity limits, and that's something that we have experienced in the city of Madison here in my state of Wisconsin. Um, and in Wisconsin, we have also seen uh, mask mandate, and um, in the city of Madison, where I live, um, we saw many, many months of uh, COVID mask mandate. So I have always been an outspoken critic of these COVID mandates. I oppose the mask mandate. I oppose the vaccine mandate and these business shutdowns and lockdowns. And sadly, in Wisconsin, we experienced, um, 
you know, the mask mandate in particular, it, it, it went on for such a long time, especially here in Madison, in the city of Madison, in the county of Dane, where I live. And I have written about this before. I wrote letters to the editor, um, which were published. So you can obviously go to my website, tossifanam.net, and look at all the things that I have said about these mandates. I am opposed to COVID mandates in general. Mayor Eric Adams of New York City expressed his support for COVID mandates. But now, Mayor Eric Adams of New York City is telling something different. He, he is now telling shoppers to take off their masks before entering stores. This Mayor Eric Adams of New York City he expressed support for COVID mandates, and now he's telling people that they should take off their masks before entering stores. And so why is Mayor Eric Adams saying that, you may wonder? Well, the reason is that there has been, there, there continues to be widespread shoplifting, theft, robbery, etc. in New York City. And most recently, a bodega worker was killed by an alleged perpetrator who arrived to the store in a hazmat suit, and this is in New York. The alleged perpetrator arrived to the bodega in a hazmat suit. There are numerous examples of various forms of crimes in New York City. Business owners are actually quite sick and tired of the crime in New York. And now Mayor Eric Adams, the strong supporter of COVID mandates, now, that same mayor, Eric Adams, is telling people to take their masks off before going inside stores. I completely disagree with how government, since the start of the COVID outbreak, pushed for mask mandates. And now we are seeing some of the consequences of that push. Bad actors are now using masks to hide their faces and commit crimes. They're doing that. They're, they're, they're wearing masks. They're hiding their faces, even when COVID no longer appears to be an issue. I wouldn't be surprised if many businesses now make rules that masks will no longer be allowed at their, at, at their stores, at their businesses, at, at their facilities. Remember, previously, many businesses would hang a sign on their door to require masks for customers. So if you wanted to go inside a store, the store owner could require you to wear a mask or not allow you into the store. And now I believe the opposite will happen. Businesses are now going to say, no more masks, masks are no longer allowed. And that is exactly what happens when government tries to push their decisions on people. That is what happens when government tries to influence people. Government tried to make mask mandates widespread. Government tried to make mask mandates the new normal. And I still see a lot of people when I go out and about, even here in Madison, Wisconsin, I see a lot of people wearing masks. Well, it's their choice if they want to wear a mask. But now we are starting to see that bad actors, criminals, are taking advantage of this by covering their faces and committing crimes. And what I just shared with you about a bodega worker uh, being killed by an alleged perpetrator who arrived to the store in a hazmat suit. That happened in New York. 
but there are many other cities like New York. There are other cities that pushed for masks, that pushed for mask mandates, and now we see the adverse reactions of that. Public safety is a top priority, and in New York City, the crimes are widespread, and I believe that strong measures must be adopted to make sure that the authorities are combating crimes and keeping people safe. Public safety is a top priority. That's all I will say for now, and now I'm going to move on to a different topic. Friends, recently, well, I, wish, I should say in recent years, I've seen some discussion on how people can live longer. In particular, how people can live to be 100 years old. I've seen some discussion on these issues. And it's just a very interesting topic. It's about uh, trying to make sure that people have long lives. Obviously, a person of faith would say that um, everything is in God's hands. I'm a person of faith, and I say that everything is in God's hands. With the latest uh, advancements in science and technology, is there a way to make sure that people live long lives, that people live to be 100 years old? I do not know the answer to that. Obviously, as human beings, we try to make sure that we uh, maintain a healthy diet, that we maintain a healthy lifestyle, that we try to stay stress-free and that we take care of our bodies and that we overall have healthy, decent lifestyle. But there's still no guarantee that people will live to be 100 years old. Even with the latest developments in science and technology, I don't think there's any way to make sure that people live to be 100 years old. Um, and how, how many people actually live to be 100 years old or older. I, I don't know the statistics, um, but I'm I'm guessing the data may be out there somewhere. I have to do some research, but I, I don't know the answer to that right now. What I do know is that recently I wrote a blog post, and you can actually find that on my website. If you go to my website, tossifanam.net, uh, as of now, that is the latest blog post that I have. It was posted on March the 7th of 2023. And the title is Writing a Letter to 100-Year-Old Self. Writing a Letter to 100-Year-Old Self. I will, I will let you go and take a look at that blog post and let me know what you think. I'm not going to tell you anything more about it right now. Have I actually written a letter? To 100-year-old self? Have I put it on my blog? Um, I'm not going to give you that answer. Please go to my website, tossifanam.net, take a look at that blog post and let me know what you think. What I will tell you is that this is a very fascinating topic uh, and only time will tell whether science and technology can increase the number of years that a person lives on this earth. What I wish to highlight is that more important than the number of years that we live is the quality of life that we have. The quality of life is more important. No matter how many years we live, the quality of life is important. We have to try to 
live a healthy life. We have to try to live a life that is relatively stress-free. We have to live a life that is productive. And I always say that in our life, in our lifetime, we have to try to do things that are beneficial, not just for our own selves and for, for our families and friends, but things that are beneficial for society as a whole. As human beings, we live in a society, we are here for a reason, and we have to do everything we can to make this world a better place. That is all I will say for now. Thank you all for listening to my podcast. Please connect with me. Please send me your thoughts and comments and views and opinions. Check out my website, tossifanam.net, and I hope to be back again with a new episode. Thank you.